Welcome. It's great to have you here tonight. Welcome to St. Dionys Church. I'm Will Vanderhart. I'm the Associate Vicar here. And it's lovely to see so many of you in the room tonight. Such a privilege. And it's great to also have a, a, a huge number of us online as well, streaming from home. So welcome to you at this special 7pm Advent service. And for 2020, it's been a year like no other. A year like no other than living, living memory for me and I'm sure for all of us here. It's been so surprising, in fact, that I think we've got to that stage of the year where we say things like, I'm just not surprised by anything anymore. Um, probably all of you have said that at some point over the last couple of months. I'm just not surprised by anything anymore. Um, we were surprised, weren't we, when an unknown virus started making people unwell in China. But the nature of our news is that we hear stories from faraway places and often think, well, this probably isn't going to impact us. When we got a little bit more surprised and maybe a little bit more scared when it migrated to Italy, then we became surprised when people started wearing masks. I remember being at an airport somewhere and seeing people wearing masks and thinking, oh my goodness, why are these people wearing masks? If I told you guys at last year's Christmas services, the next year we were all going to be sitting a metre apart, all wearing face masks, you would have looked at me in absolute disbelief. But here we are tonight, safely distanced, wearing our masks. We were surprised when we were told to stay at home. I wasn't quite sure what to think when I was told to stay at home. Then when our schools were closed, and then when lockdown happened, and then when neighbours started banging on saucepans for the NHS, who would have thought that would have ever happened in the year that's passed? And we were also surprised when people started actually losing their lives. It's been an amazing privilege this past week for us to host the Advent Hope Art Exhibition. And it's been an incredible privilege for us. We had over 720 individual votes for the different pieces of artwork in the competition. And we think that represents about between 850 and 900 actual physical guests to our building over the course of the week. So I want to say thank you to the four secondary schools that are involved in the competition. Hurlingham Academy, uh, Fulham Boys School, Lady Margaret School and Thames Christian School because they have um, made a huge contribution to our local community here and also to our church and so we're grateful to them and also uh, to uh, Thomas's and to Zebedee, two local primary nursery schools who provided beautiful Christmas stars for our Christmas tree this year too. It's been a special time. It's been a time when you ask young people to express their feelings of um, concern and hope and what's been on their mind and they, they tell you the truth. Young people tell you the truth and some of these pictures have been so visceral and powerful. Um, one of the first ones that really struck me was this lovely little picture uh, of a man looking up at a dove wearing his face mask. It was a surprise when COVID arrived. It was also quite a surprise in the summer when it seemed to go away again, when life seemed to get back to normal for a little while. And then it came back again and we were surprised a second or maybe a third time. And then we went back to school and then we stayed at home again, which was a surprise and a delight to my children. We've been surprised by our resilience, we've been surprised by our sorrow, we've been surprised by a vaccine, we've been surprised by our adaptability, and we've also been surprised by our inadaptability. It's been such a heady year of firsts, of surprises. And I want to ask you tonight, at what point in 2020 did you start feeling like you just couldn't be surprised by anything anymore? It's a funny, strange, flat feeling. I love this picture of... Um, uh, this face filled with struggle and challenge in the city. And it says hope at the bottom of this person's tears sort of looking down and then 
a needle, a vaccine kind of hanging over the city and these lovely hands of God, I think from a Michelangelo painting on the roof of the Sistine Chapel. Just a, just a sense that over all of this, God is still present to us. God is still with us. You know, maybe this year Christmas is a welcome respite from the storm of surprises out there. Now, normally I'm one of those sort of bar humbug people who puts their Christmas tree up religiously in December only. And normally when I go to the supermarkets, I say things like, I can't believe that the supermarkets have put up a Christmas tree in October this year. But honestly, this year I was wringing my hands when I walked into our local superstore. I was delighted in October to see Christmas trees were up. And actually, I couldn't have ushered Christmas in more quickly in my family this year. We've had our Christmas tree up since mid-November, and I've rinsed every moment of joy out of it because there's something glorious about its familiarity. There's something fantastic and secure about Christmas. It just makes you feel jolly and great and wonderful. And all those Christmas hits are starting to drive us absolutely crazy on our Spotify playlist. But we're still playing them, even today. You know, that nativity scene, it's so comforting and it's so recognisable in this rapidly changing world. It feels like a really deep anchor this year. But also maybe in our inability to be surprised... We're also missing out on the greatest surprise of all, the most shocking message that we could ever receive. That Advent hope is not just a vague aspiration that something good might happen, but it's an acknowledgement that something life-changing has happened. Advent is our acknowledgement that we're part of a plan that's existed even before the world was formed. When I was about 10 or 11, I remember watching the A-team religiously. Mums and dads might remember this one. (laughs) Ladies and gents who were in their sort of 40s plus. Watching the A-team on a Saturday afternoon when there are only three or maybe four channels on the television. And, And loving Hannibal, the sort of paternal figure in the group of reprobates, who would always say, I love it when a plan comes together. And suddenly you'd all feel comfortable and warm and delighted that someone knew what was going to happen next. Something about Christmas feels a bit like that, that God's kind of saying, I I love it when a plan comes together, or there is a plan. Something that can make you feel safe and secure. And um, sometimes that plan can feel a bit hazy. I like this little simple nativity scene with with a piece of tracing paper that's kind of stuck over the top that makes it a little opaque and a little unclear. And I think for many of us this Christmas, it feels comforting and assuring, but also it's a bit cloudy. It's a bit indistinct. We need more clarification. We need a better understanding of what God's actually offering us. And I want to tell you this, that God has a plan for the world. Jesus' birth in the manger in Bethlehem was far from the quaint scene that we often make it out to be. It seems so familiar now and it's hard to be surprised by it. But in our reading in John 1, 14, it says... And the word, that is God, became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. I love the message version, which says the word became flesh and blood and moved into our neighbourhood. You see, God has a plan for this world, despite all of the turbulence, all of the disruption, and all of the uncertainty of the year that's passed, God has a plan that will not be thwarted. And when it comes to surprises, I think context is everything, isn't it? You know, we expect queens in palaces and pop stars on jet planes, and we we imagine the great and the good are hived off behind velvet guardrails. But, you know, when it comes to God, he chose a filthy cattle stable to make his entrance. 
He chose a poor virgin girl from an obscure rural neighbourhood in Galilee to be his mother and an unknown carpenter to be his adoptive father and for his birth to be welcomed in by a group of local shepherds from a hillside. It's so surprising. It's so out of context. And all of this is significant because God knew we couldn't be rescued by admiring him from a distance. As surprising as it may be, God threw off all of the glories of heaven and dove down into the suffering and squalor of our world. He's God out of context. He's God out of the context in which we would place him. He's come into our world, into our neighbourhoods, into our lives, into our struggles, and he's with us now. And ultimately, this is significant because God didn't rescue us through the baby as much as he rescued us through the Christ of the cross. That the nativity scene, the Christmas story, cannot be separated from the Easter story. That God sent Jesus to die in order that we might be made clean and renewed in relationship with God the Father. In John 1:14, it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. And in John 3:16, it says, as a result of that, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The story of John 1 is also the story of the crucified Jesus. Wonder this year whether you know that reassurance that God has a plan for you, a salvation plan for you. You know, it's funny, in the UK, generally I'd say people are quite good at the knowledge bit. They kind of know the Christmas story, mainly. Sometimes not, but mainly. And I'd say, you know, 99% of households in the UK will have something Christmassy going on in their houses this year. So they kind of know that bit. They're kind of, you know, au fait, some of them, with the plan of God. Oh yeah, God has a big kind of generalised deal going on for the world. I'm sure it's all good. I'm not quite sure what it is or if I'm involved in it, but I kind of see it out there as a kind of great big banner in the sky. But, but in the UK, what we struggle with is this idea that actually God's plan for the world and God's personal plan for us require something of a response. They require a personal connection. Now, when we conceived of this gallery show around the idea of Advent and Hope, I don't think any of us could have anticipated the honest and moving artwork that we received. It's been incredible this week to see people's reactions. Me and Tim and other members of the team have been out on the streets, literally just inviting people in. It's amazing what gets people into church building. I found that if you say, just five minutes, that somehow works. Just come in for five minutes, five minutes of your time. I'm just, I just want five minutes of your time. Just come in and enjoy it for five minutes. I cannot tell you how many people just came in for five minutes and came out 45 minutes later. They came in and what they saw arrested them. Because what's significant here is that while sunsets are wonderful and manger scenes are beautiful, we need to know that that hope is personal that it's not just a grand scheme, that it's not just a banner in the sky, it's meaningful for you and me. A couple of the paintings that impacted me most was this one by Rihanna, um, which was a, an amazingly powerful and I think beautiful view of the struggle for racial equality around the world, particularly a response to George Floyd's killing. And, 
looking here at the, the significance of this as a part of the COVID experience of 2020, that, that actually there was another movement, another season of suffering and awareness which we connected with. And here the, the need to raise your voice, to vote and to make a stand. But also if you'll notice just down there on the right hand corner, this little dove being released as a sign of peace. Peace between people and peace between God and man. That There's real hope here for change. Hope isn't completed yet in our world. That we need to see hope realised. For me as a, a mental health specialist, I was particularly moved by this lovely picture by Maddie, who um, had been struggling with issues of self-harm and some mental health struggles in the year that's passed. And I chatted to her art teacher who'd come to see the work and she said to me that, you know, when Maddie was doing artwork up to now, it'd been pretty painful to actually experience or encounter. It was, it was very visceral. And then she did this incredible piece of work for the Advent Hope competition, and it felt like a real breakthrough. On, on the box, you'll see there's a little recycling sign. And that was a sign for her of how much of a pattern she'd got into, a pattern of struggle and self-harm. And around the box, it says, cut, scars, blood, self-hate, tears, pain, death, suicidal thoughts, issues, hate, weariness, depressed, sadness, emotion, anger, bad habits, mind. But then around the rainbow coming out of the box, it says hope, love, grace, worship, forgiveness, help, happiness, joy, peace, bright cheerfulness, blessed contentment, relief, alive, confidence, clean wrists, empowered, love, freedom. Isn't that moving to think that that young woman uh, was just drawing this really significant picture and, and had that sort of great encounter of hope. This is what hope looks like. Hope is personal. Christmas is personal. It's not just a general festival. It's God's love letter to earth. And he's calling us for individual responses. God's rescue plan, it's not some generalised strategy. It's specific and it's about our personal pain, our personal fear, our personal struggles, our own lives in the context of 2020. You know, if our greatest need had been for information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been for technology, God would have sent us a scientist. And if our greatest need had been for money, God would have sent us a banker. If our greatest need had been for pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer, but our greatest need is for hope. And so God sent us a saviour. This year, more than ever, we're aware of that great need. As John says uh, in his first chapter, oh, a true light that gives light to every man, to every person was coming into the world, a true light. Typically in my experience of being a priest over the last 16 years, people are terrified of this message. You know, they, they, they're terrified of the real message. They like the cutesy message, but they're really terrified of the real Christmas message. But that's nothing new. You know, in our reading from Luke 2, 9, the shepherds were really terrified too. And the angels had to calm them down. They said, sort of, don't panic. Don't be afraid. 
because we've brought good news of great joy, which is for all mankind. Unto us a Saviour has been born, Christ the Lord, and you will find him in a manger. He is called Jesus. As long as things have been going generally well, I think the Christmas story maybe seems too costly, and perhaps that's why it's so terrifying. Or maybe it's a bit intrusive or, you know, just a bit gritty. But in 2020, I can honestly say that the mufflers are off. You know, it's like, actually, we've never had such a warm and engaging reaction to the church being open to people. <laughs> Me and Tim have both in our work and ministry experienced some of the comments that people have made to us when, you know, you've said, would you like to come into the church? Most of them aren't repeatable here. Now we, we've definitely had our fair share of brush-offs, and, and largely there's just a general grunt or just a complete disinterest. But this year, standing outside the church, honestly, the reactions that we've had have been remarkable. From every person, not just from people you'd expect to like church, but from people you generally think this person probably won't like church. But just the chat we've had from people, just the general engagement, just the warmth that said, something has changed to invite people in, say, come into the church just for five minutes. Even those people who've said politely no, it's really been a polite no, even a reluctant no. And it's just been amazing how many people have wanted to come in. Martin Luther King said, only when it's dark enough can you really see the stars. And this year in 2020, it's got pretty dark. Honestly, in my lifetime, it's the darkest year but it's also the year in which Christ's light is shining in the darkness. Perhaps this year it's dark enough for us to want to see him. Sky painted this picture and uh, put together a collage of um, all the challenges of the year that's passed. And then the collage here is all pieces of news around COVID and then around racism and Black Lives Matter. And here are just pandemic crisis uh, collage and at the bottom you can see all these characters which I think really brilliantly depict the sort of struggle the sort of state of our emotional heart the kind of weight and the burden of it all but just on this hillside just just in front of the breaking sun is this tiny little cross which you can't see up there but it's surrounded by little bits of gold leaf and it's just saying actually you know it's dark right now we're in the shadows but hope is coming, Easter hope is coming. There's hope on the horizon and the sun is rising. I really believe that. For us here today, for those of us who are watching online, hope is coming because this Christmas story is also an Easter message. God loves it when a plan comes together and his plans always do. And his plan is not just the generalized plan for the world, it's a personal plan for you. You know, the message of Christmas is not just comfort and joy for Christmas, it's comfort and joy for life. It's not just for COVID season either, or Brexit season, whatever other season we might find ourselves in. It's for all struggles and it's for all seasons, because God's inviting us to have an eternal life-giving relationship with him. And all that's required of us is that we respond to the message by inviting him in. You know, if we step back again and, and look at the nativity scene, this one surrounds... All, all characters, angels, whoops, kings, shepherds, 
animals, all gathered, everyone is welcome. And you're welcome too, every one of you. Whatever your background, whatever your race or ethnicity, whatever your socio-economic banding, however you see yourself, whatever box you might put yourself in, you are welcome because God welcomes each and every one of us into his kingdom, into his family, into his great plan, into his story of love. And that is a big surprise to many of us, but it's a true surprise and it's something worth being surprised about. Amongst the stench of the manure and the ox breath, God is saying something. He's saying, I'm coming for you and nothing's going to keep me away. You know, in Luke 2, 16, it says of the shepherds, so they hurried off and found Mary, Joseph and the baby. This year, I want you to invite you not to hurry off. Well, not to hurry off away from Christmas, but to hurry towards Jesus. It would be so easy, wouldn't it, just on the 28th of December to hurriedly take our decorations down and put our nativity scenes in the loft again. And even maybe in the spring to get an injection in our arms to protect us from this COVID disease and potentially to forget this whole season like it was a bad dream. But I wonder if that's really helpful. I wonder if it's helpful to hurry away so quickly. I wonder if we shouldn't hurry towards the King who's come to bring us salvation and peace and joy and comfort. I'd love this darkness not to be fruitless, but to be fruitful in your lives. I'd love you to see the star and follow hurriedly to the manger, because this Christ is waiting for you. Why don't we pray together? Maybe you want to pray this prayer for the first time, or maybe you're just praying it now as a prayer of recommitment to Jesus. But join with me online and here in the room. Lord Jesus, I am weary by surprises. You know this has been a year beyond all years of struggle in our lifetimes. But we want to pray to you now as the God of the greatest surprise, that you would come down from the glory of heaven and make yourself known to us. And we want to say sorry for all the ways in which we fall short. But we want to say thank you for the way in which you went to the cross and died and then rose again in order that we might be restored to right relationship with you. And so we invite you to come into our lives. We hurry towards you tonight. And we pray, come in, Lord Jesus, come into our hearts. Come in today, but come in, Lord, to stay. Because we want comfort and love and peace and security to know that we're children of God, for that is what we are. Thank you, Lord, for coming as a baby at Christmas, but thank you too that you grew into the man who gave his life for my life. I receive your spirit now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, maybe you prayed that prayer for the first time here tonight, and I'd love you to chat to our vicar, Tim, or to myself after the service. If you're watching online and you prayed that prayer and you're not quite sure what to do next, we are running an Alpha course in the new year here online. And we would love you to do that course with us, to take next steps on your faith journey and find out more about this incredible saviour who we know and love. But I'm going to hand back now to the band and they're going to come and lead us in a special performance song.